Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and my troublesome, tiny, green companion. I'm not, I'm nice and furry and cute. What are you talking about? <laughs> you used to be, but mm. then, <laughs> then I went giving you chicken legs after midnight, and now you're a monster. <laughs> yes. So, thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thanks to all of our lovely patrons on Patreon for supporting this show, and thanks to you for listening to this show. With your ears. Mm, your scaly big ears that used to be cute and furry until we put chicken in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so what we're doing this week is a bit of a mystery, I'm sure. <laughs> I haven't been able to guess from not only all the hints but the title of the show. Yeah. But you may remember a few months ago we did Rufus and Howard Retail Snowpiercer, mm. where we went through and, and talked about and analysed and occasionally mocked but pulled apart so that we could better understand mm. the plot of the movie Snowpiercer. Yes. And now we're going to do the same thing with the 80s movie Gremlins. And I suspect we're going to learn a lot more because mm. it's a classic, right? I mean, That's it's got right. to be... I, mean, I'm, I remember really liking it as a kid, so <laughs> I reckon I'm going to really, really enjoy it and think it's a really good film, right? It's... Um, you are. You're going to think it's great, but you are going to affectionately mock it. Obviously, we would, we would never be mean about the um, storming blockbuster that is Gremlins. Yeah, so be warned, we will spoiler everything, every mm. single detail in Gremlins. You'll probably enjoy this more if you have seen the movie at some point, but to be honest, you don't have to because we are literally going to explain every single we're thing that happens. Sp- yeah, if you, if you don't know where Phoebe Kate's dad is, don't listen to this. Go and, go and watch the movie first. Find out. Go and find out, yes. <laughs> and on that subject, uh, we do need a quick content warning. In this in this episode and the next one, there will mm. be some discussion of suicide, but that is only in the context of how the movie Gremlins discusses it. Mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. really, we're only discussing what the content of the movie is. So be ready for that. All right, I'm going to go away and watch Gremlins, mm-hmm. and then I'll tell you what happened, shall I? Yes, please. <laughs> Columbus dreamt of being a writer So we sat and went way past midnight If it is mugged by chicken, now it bites you Rub-a-dub-a-doo, rub a dub a Worst writer in the world 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 Popular writer from the 80s who then went on to direct Harry Potter. So, Howard. Hello. What's your favourite movie from the early 80s about cute creatures that turn into monsters? I would have to say that it is Critters. <laughs> That's a, I don't know if I've ever seen that. I remember seeing the cover. It was always really looked like a Gremlins rip-off, but I don't think I ever watched it. Did you? I did, yes. Was it good? Uh, it's kind of a... You've got to see it, actually. It's pretty great. Uh, mm. And it's, it's not... They, they'd played on that, but it's not about cute things becoming evil. They're just evil, but they are little furry <laughs> things. But they come from out of space instead. Instead of a Chinese man's shop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think, I think out of space is a better origin. <laughs> Ask yourself, which honest. is more realistic out of those two <laughs> movies. Yeah. Well, um, Howard, would you like me to remind you in detail of the plot of the movie Gremlins. You can have a go. Say yes, because I'm going <laughs> to. You can have a go, but like you don't need to, because I already know it inside out, because I've seen well, it so many times. Well, you might think that, but maybe, maybe I can surprise you, can surprise you with a few me. things you haven't noticed about Gremlins, okay. or maybe not. We'll, we'll find out. Mm. All right. Now, this one doesn't have a helpful carriage structure like Snowpiercer, so I split it into different parts. and I, you I know... split it into different Gremlins. <laughs> no, that, that would be what you'd need to do with Gremlins 2, <laughs> which that's, that's all it is. Gremlins 2 is kind of basically a big train with a load of gremlins on it, so it's, it is, it's yeah. almost f- following our rules. It's a building, you go to a different floor, and oh, there's a spider gremlin on this yeah. floor, and oh, there's there, here's vegetable gremlin. Exactly, and what is a lift <laughs> other than a train that goes up? <laughs> yeah, what is a lift other than a one-carriage train that goes up and also down sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But we're not here to talk about the meta Gremlins 2. We're no, here to talk although about... we might mention it, but but yeah, that's not the main thrust of the show. No, we're going to talk about Gremlins. And instead of carriages, I basically split this into parts and gave them story structure-esque names. Although, I should warn you, I did draw on several different types of... Like theories about st- story structure, and it doesn't hold up to close inspection. <laughs> it's, the the titles are more jokes than actual story stages. Everybody, okay. in case you know this stuff. So, part one, the inciting incident. Mm. Right, this one is quite accurate because it is. All right, so the movie begins, and it appears to be about a middle aged inventor. <laughs> all right, because because it, it opens with his voiceover, and the yes. first five minutes are entirely about him. But then yeah. he plays no part in the movie after he buys the Mogwai. Like you could literally replace him with mm. like a block of cheese, and yeah. it would make no difference to the film. He is utterly pointless. In fact, he's so pointless to this movie. Yeah. that they have to keep sending him on business trips <laughs> to get rid of him. Yeah. Because otherwise they'd have to explain why he's not in any of the scenes because he's <laughs> fucking pointless. I can't help but feel that like in the first draft it was all about him and then someone was like, he's a bit old for a kid's movie. Why don't we make it about a, a, um, a, a, an entirely younger man, but still a man in a children's movie who works in a bank. Yeah. That seems like a great character for children to get on board with. Well, I'll tell you what, Howard, I've got a bit of a surprise for you later on because oh, yeah. I I've read the first draft of Gremlins. Oh, fuck, haven't you? <laughs> to prepare for this. And you'll be surprised to learn that both of the things you just said are not true. <laughs> <laughs> he is still in the opening of the film, and the film is still about a 26-year-old man who works in a bank. <laughs> <laughs> Those two characters are still there. They knew what <laughs> kids liked the same back- They knew what kids liked in the 80s. 26-year-old bank man. We can <laughs> I can really relate to this guy as a 13-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, uh, and just in case you can't hear, he's got a 13-year-old friend for some yes. reason. Yes, yes. He hangs around with a 13-year-old. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah. We're all at home thinking, he's trying to get you, those 13-year-olds to go like, maybe I should start hanging out with a 26-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, no, come, on, don't. Chris, come on, Chris Columbus, we've seen straight through your ploy here. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the middle-aged man. Yeah, yeah so the, the anyway, he introduces himself in the voiceover. He's like, um, the name's Peltzer. Ram Peltzer. As <laughs> is it as called Ram? Well, I listened to it and he definitely was saying <laughs> Ram, all right? So I had to look it up on IMDb and he, apparently it's Rand, like R-A-N-D. Okay. Okay. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, neither of those are names. No. Right? One's, so one's a currency him... in South Africa. But, um... <laughs> and the other one is a sheep. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to call him Dad Peltzer. Right? Yes, good. Because that's his role, right? Uh, anyway, so he's out looking for a Christmas present for his kid. And he's already, before the movie begins, he's already been to all the shops in the whole world, (laughs) right? Except for one. There's only one shop left, and that is a spooky Chinese basement shop that sells spooky Chinese ornaments and dangerous animals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he knows what his son likes, doesn't he? I mean, his (laughs) crazy son and his his bank clerk son. Yeah, his bank clerk, twelve-year-old befriending son, yeah. likes two like? things: Chinese <laughs> ornaments and dangerous animals. <laughs> anyway, so he goes into this spooky Chinese shop, right? He follows a kid, to be honest, down the, down the staircase. It's a bit weird. Yeah, but it's, it's all about old that. men following kids around. But yeah, <laughs> mm. that is a theme in this movie. Yes. Yeah. So he follows a kid into this spooky Chinese shop, and in the spooky Chinese shop, he finds a spooky Chinese stereotype smoking a pipe. (laughs) Straight in there. And Dad Peltzer just looks around a bit, right? He, like, walks around the shop a bit, um, and at one point, he points at some candles and says... Are these things real? <laughs> it's really odd, right? I'm pretty sure that's how like, I watched it twice. I'm like, he's yeah. definitely pointing at candles. They're lit and everything. Mm-hmm. And are these things real? And no one answers him. <laughs> like, they just ignore him. It's such a stupid question. They're always like, yeah, just probably just skip that. But I'll tell you what, the, I watched the deleted scenes. And actually, there was a deleted scene that goes before this opening scene. Really? Because in the first uh, the first version, they didn't think this was racist enough. Oh, <laughs> they were like, yeah. I reckon we can get a bit more racism in this. So they've got a but the trouble they've got a scene where he's in a different shop before he goes to this shop, and it's a it's a, another shop in Chinatown. But there's a Chinese woman working there, 
And they've obviously written her to be a kind of ridiculous Asian character. She doesn't speak English. She's speaking Chinese the whole time. They've written her to be kind of ridiculous. And he's like trying to find a, a, a present for his son. But the the prob- I think the reason they cut it is the woman they cast to play the part is fucking hilarious. She's amazing. Oh, so, why? So, it, okay. so she doesn't look ridiculous. She kind of makes him look ridiculous. She's there mm-hmm. talking in Chinese, but she's fucking hilarious. And she's just like picking things up and like, what about this? <laughs> and the way she does it is wonderful. And she just keeps uh. picking random things up. And he's like, no, I don't want a dragon made out of paper. <laughs> Well, why did you come in my shop? Yeah. Why did you come in here? Yeah. It is that. Do you want a so PS5? You... Go next door. Yeah. To the future. <laughs> to All the right. future. To not Chinatown, basically. <laughs> yeah, and not now. Uh, and yeah, it really, it really feels like they didn't, they didn't want to make the dad look ridiculous, but this woman's performance absolutely yeah. does because she's so funny. So they cut that and just cut straight to the spooky old Chinese man. So we're in the shop with Dad Peltzer, Kid spooky old Chinese man with a pipe. Mm. And at this point, we learn that Dad Peltzer doesn't know how shops work. <laughs> right? <laughs> because instead of buying something, he starts trying to sell something to oh, the yeah, shop. Yeah. He's like, hey, I've got my bathroom buddy. <laughs> right? Do you want to buy a bathroom buddy? Hey, instead of using a regular toothbrush, why not clean your teeth with this brick? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about that? And he starts doing his sales pitch to sell his brick, right? And he mm. says, imagine you're on a bus. <laughs> Right? <laughs> and you forgot to brush your teeth and you've got yourself a bad case of dragon breath. Right? And when he gong. says the word dragon, yeah. A gong when he sound, says the word yeah. dragon, a gong sounds like the kid just hit the racism gong, right? <laughs> to tell him he's being racist, which, mm. as far as I can tell, he isn't. <laughs> it's not, right? Because right? yeah. mentioning mm. dragons is not in and out of itself racist. How it, you do it, it, it might be. Until you draw attention to it with a gong, then it yes. is. Yes. Well, yeah. this is the trouble. He's not being racist, but the film absolutely is, <laughs> right? And has been for several minutes. So maybe it's just a coincidence that it happens then, and actually that's the film's being racist gone. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. Well, they used to sound it before the movie started. Maybe that guy was just <laughs> was just late. Yeah, you know yeah big about. naked guy. I to hear yeah, to say, yeah. basically everybody, all movies are racist at the moment because it's the 1970s stroke <laughs> 80s. You're probably just best to leave. Hmm. Um, so Dad Peltzer, he's a progressive guy, so he adjusts his language, stops using the word dragon. <laughs> right? He's like, all right, so when you're on the bus and you realise you've got bad breath, mm. um, but not dragon breath because that would be racist. Right? Yeah, no, some, so, animal, some animal we have in America instead yeah. of all these dragons you have here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, dog breath is actually what mm. people say, right? A that serious is... case of gremlin breath, he should have said. <laughs> Like all those gremlins we have back at home. Yeah, no. So he says, you got, you're on the bus. You've got bad breath. What are you going to do? Obviously, you're going to brush your teeth with a brick. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's the solution. I can sell you a brick. I've got mm. one right here. And it's at this point that he hears a strange squeaking noise from the back of the shop. Yeah. And goes to investigate and finds a mogwai. Wow. A creature like nothing he's ever seen before. And immediately, without question, wants to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, brilliant, I want to buy this. He doesn't ask if it's dangerous or how to look after it or what it eats. He doesn't even ask how much it costs, right? Yeah. Again, proving for a second time that he doesn't know how shops work, he mm. just says, I'll give you $100 for it. <laughs> <laughs> Who goes into a shop and says this? I'll give you a, an amount I've decided for it, rather than asking. It might have been $5, that thing. <laughs> he doesn't ask. <laughs> So then Dad Peltzer says Hmm. that this mogwai is exactly what he's been looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Which is weird because three seconds ago, he didn't know it existed. (laughs) So so, he's been having a really weird day with no idea what he's looking for. Have you got any animals that no one knows exist? (laughs) Preferably like super high maintenance, uh, capable of murdering everyone Hmm. in a small town. Have you... That, no, no that, okay. I'll try the next Chinese shop then. Oh, but it sounds like, but it sounds like he does know what he's looking for. But the, they cut that scene, and that's why it makes no sense. But he was in that shop, and she kept showing him all these different things, and he was like, "No, that's not a mugwai. No, that's not a mugwai. That's not a mugwai. No, that's not going to kill my town. Yeah. <laughs> I could yeah. probably get that wet with no adverse <laughs> results." Yeah, no, I was thinking about this. Like, the mugwai as a gift is basically the same as buying someone a lion cub. 
<laughs> right? And But someone who doesn't know what a lion is and not explaining any of the things that lions do. <laughs> Just going, here, look, it's a really small, cute lion cub. Isn't it nice? There you go. It's yours now. Bye, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Have it in your house. Bye. <laughs> and then, uh, like, not long afterwards, you're like, I've got a... An adult lion in my house and it's eaten my family. <laughs> Why did no one warn me about this? <laughs> so, yeah, so Dad Pelts is like, I want to buy this. I'll give you $100 for it. And Spooky mm. Chinese Man says the Mogwai is not for sale. And also says, with great Mogwai comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> like, almost word for word, he yeah, actually yeah. says that, right? But then, foolishly, he walks into another room. <laughs> like, he's like, no, definitely not. Great responsibility. Bye, everybody. I'm leaving now. Bye. Bye, <laughs> milk. Yeah, yeah. Leaving Dad Peltzer, the kid, and the Mogwai in the other room. And the kid's like, I'll meet you outside for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, because they are alone at this point. I'll meet you outside. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll meet true. you outside. Just just wait outside for five minutes until my dad's still not in this room or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So the kids the kid sells dad pelts of the mod why because otherwise there wouldn't be a film, you know. Mm. And then this is another bit that I found really weird because obviously this is the moment that we learn the rules. Yes. The three rules that the whole film is um, predicated upon. But mm. this happens in voiceover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they forgot to film this bit. <laughs> Right? It's like they had to do it afterwards. Like they went, oh, we forgot to film the most important scene in the film, so we'd better stick a voiceover on Well, I mean, it happens again five minutes later when he explains Ooh. it to his son, so maybe they, they hadn't done it and, and they thought so. that was enough, and then they were like, maybe we should really kind of like hammer home these rules that aren't true. Yeah, um, maybe it's like a test screening thing. Yeah. Like they did a test screening and the audience were like, I, I wasn't yeah. so sure about the rules. They're like, I better repeat yeah. that then. Why did the gremlins turn evil when they that chicken? <laughs> we need to say it as often as possible don't yeah, give yeah. them chicken <laughs> alright so the rules as I'm sure we all know number one oh, keep yeah. him out of the light he hates bright light especially sunlight it'll kill him yeah. number two keep him away from water number three yeah. most importantly no matter how much he cries <laughs> no matter how much he begs yeah. never feed him after midnight and yeah. no one explains or asks why, why or what will happen if you break these rules. Yeah. It's like, uh, keep him away from water. Okay, so he doesn't drink. So he's a mammal that doesn't drink. Okay, fine. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Do- doesn't sweat. Yeah. And apparently, like, uh, no matter no matter how much he cries, which he's not going to do, he can't, because if he did do, he'd start having babies. Yeah. No matter right. how much he cries and has babies, yeah. don't feed. Don't, no matter how many babies he has out he has of his eyes, eyes. Right? no matter how many eye babies he <laughs> babies has, has, don't feed him. Don't let him eat them. <laughs> don't let him eat his babies coming out of his eyes. <laughs> Part two, The Ordinary World also known as Hill Valley from Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. And apparently it actually is. It's the same set. Yeah, it looks And like it really it. looks like it. I mean, it, mm. you, you notice immediately, like, this is Back to the Future. And then mm. I read, no, yes, it is. You are correct, man. Yeah, <laughs> the ordinary world. A really long, long sequence of ordinary world. Let's introduce you to a load of characters that are entirely irrelevant. Some of them you're only going to meet once <laughs> <laughs> and are never, ever going to be in this film again. Yeah, yeah, this is a really long section. But the first character we meet is an important one because it's the hero, Billy. Bye-bye, Billy. What do you mean you can't understand what he's saying? He's speaking (laughs) fucking English. Yeah. Oh, Chinese man, you can understand what he's saying. (laughs) Bye-bye, Billy. Yeah, yeah, I I can understand that when someone says Billy, they might mean Billy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a fucking Chinese genius, me. <laughs> ah, mysticism. <laughs> we so we meet the hero Billy, whose car won't start. Yeah, and his neighbour arrives. Right, yeah. his neighbour turns up to yes. tell him that the reason his car won't start is because Billy didn't vote for Trump or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens here. Yeah, I tell you what, this fucking character. I'm going to talk more about him, but this character, mm. racist neighbour character. Yeah. Is I mean it, at, the, at this point it seems like he's just an annoying racist that like that when he's introduced you're like oh annoying racist character mm. I understand that no problem I, I understand it but apparently the film doesn't is <laughs> <laughs> not familiar <laughs> yeah. with this archetype and fucks it up all over the place especially in Gremlins two all right so Billy unfortunately can't drive to work so yeah. he has to walk 
all the way <laughs> all to the, the way other to side of the square. Oh, no, I'm going to... And he's like... And, and this, I know this from a deleted scene as well. He's like 17 minutes late <laughs> for work, right? Because he spent... Apparently, he spent 17 minutes in his car going, it won't start, I'll have to walk over there. there. How yeah. will I manage? It's crazy. Okay, dog, let's go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because God forbid you leave it in the garden or something. I mean, it's a fucking or in your dog. House. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's or a with dog. your mum. His mum doesn't <laughs> appear to work, right? She's at home when he's at work. We know hey, this. Being a mum is a full time job, okay? Absolutely. Unless your kid is 26, at which point it probably <laughs> stops being a full time job. Yeah. Right? So he takes his dog to work. He doesn't explain mm. why, because no one explains anything in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they just do things. And sometimes other people get annoyed with them for doing things, but they never say, oh, I've got to bring my dog to work because um, <laughs> I've got no reasons I've got, for this. I've got to bring my dog to work because I've got to upset the Wicked Witch of the East, <laughs> right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Yeah, it's very much it is very much a plot device, right? Mm. Because if it's not there, this evil, mean capitalist woman yeah. has nothing to get annoyed with. A most outrageously, unnecessarily evil character in cinematic history. <laughs> Why? Yeah. But before we meet her, we meet another woman, ah. which is love interest, Phoebe Cates, Three. who is playing playing someone called Kate. Right? Yes. So I'm going to call her Phoebe Kate for the, yes. rest, for the rest of this time, because otherwise I'm going to get confused. Mm-hmm. All right. And when, it's brilliant because when she first appears on screen, it does this wonderful um, old movie thing of the mm. music immediately changing to attractive woman music, just in case <laughs> we're confused and don't know that she's an attractive woman. Yeah. And then after that, we cut to outside and the music changes again to tuba music. <laughs> no, she's always welcomed by the theme tune to Rhubarb and Custard, basically. That's what happens, it's right? Like, <laughs> as she walks down the street, it's like irritating evil oh, woman music. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's the tuba and, yeah. the, and the weird over thing. Yes, absolutely. And she's, she's walking down the street carrying the severed head of a snowman. Because <laughs> that makes her look like she's just murdered a snowman as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. And and she's the she's the antagonist for this section, Mrs. Scroogeal. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Scroogeal, evil woman. She walks in, pushes her way to the front of the queue, and tells Billy that she wants to murder his dog. <laughs> it's yeah. I tell you what, you've you've told me about the whole save the cat thing, right? Mm-hmm. Can you can you tell people who might not know cuz not everyone's going to know this what is save the cat Save the cat is a, a film structure devised by a guy called Blake Snyder who yeah. who goes just like lots of movie structures he just tells you a load of stuff that's like partially true and uh <laughs> it's like a shorthand yeah. hero thing and it literally and it, happens in Superman right in the Christopher Reeve Superman Yes and uh, saving a cat uh can be taken literally but it's to show that your your hero character um is is good by them doing something good within the first yeah. like five or ten minutes even really if they're quickly, like a bad yeah. guy you want them to do something good so then you can the audience can get on board with them and this i feel like this is the opposite of that because in order to know that this character is not good she murders a dog <laughs> <laughs> right? which is the opposite of saving a cat or she doesn't because it's a kid's film yeah uh, but she wants to and mm. she she tells him not only does she want to murder it, she wants to torture it. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah. wants to kill it slowly and painfully for Christmas. <laughs> yes, because she's accusing it of breaking her snowman. Yeah, right. Yeah, she does have a reason. She's not just come in and said, "I want to murder your dog." Yeah, <laughs> they've given it a little bit more. Yeah, your dog hurt my snowman, and so I want to murder it. But she has no proof, right? It's not necessarily she true. She doesn't, but. The way Billy reacts seems like it's true. Oh, okay. He doesn't, because otherwise he would definitely say, no, it didn't, right? But (laughs) the way he reacts is like, yeah, I was in a rush. I was late for, I think he even says I was late for work. I'm really sorry. He does seem to confirm that it did it did, did it happen that morning in the in the in the one second trip from his front door to the bank? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So her snowman must be like, you know, um, like just... You know, between that that one meter, right? Yeah. The one meter from his front door to the bank, there's a ceramic snowman. There's there. her snowman. Yeah, it's mm. a really bad place for her to put it. It's almost like mm. she was setting him up for this. <laughs> <laughs> 
At this point, probably everything would be fine, except that unfortunately, Billy's dog speaks English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Because it can hear what she's saying. Mm. And also, it can untie knots. Yes. Because it unties the rope, uh, tying it to the dog hook beneath Billy's desk, jumps up and attacks her. <laughs> right? It, like, it leaps on her, attacks her, she falls to the ground. Yeah. And Billy gets it off, and then just after the dog attacks Mrs. Scroogeal, right? Yeah. Billy tells her that his dog would never attack her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. dog would never hurt you. It's just like, she doesn't. For some reason, she doesn't say it. Literally, just did. <laughs> Cut to Billy in a bar getting bullied by Judge Reinhold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For some reason, right? Yeah. This is this is the second time we see him. Yeah. In this film, and also the last time we <laughs> see it? him in this film. Does he not get attacked by a gremlin later or anything? No, no, wow. he doesn't. And again, I'm going to tell you something about deleted scenes about mm. him. But no, he is in the, he is in two scenes of this film. And he's presented, again, he's a real archetype character because he's... Mm. The, the like he's the love rival, isn't he? Yeah, and he's the the work rival, and he's the guy yeah. who's like, I'm I'm gonna get pr- promoted, and you're gonna yeah. be a rubbish guy forever. Yeah, at the same shit bank in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yes, it takes so much <laughs> yeah. better than Billy. But then, yeah, he's he. There are so many loose ends in this movie where something <laughs> just brought in, and then they go, Oh, I forgot about that. But yeah, no, I watched the deleted scenes, and he gets. Two more scenes that are deleted, and that's why it's still not much. It still would have been a pretty rubbish, pointless character. But Mm -hmm. he's in a scene, uh, another scene at the bank. And then at the end, you remember at the end where they go and hide in the bank from the gremlins when Billy and Phoebe Kate go and hide in the bank, right? Yeah. They, They hear a voice from the bank vault and they open it up, and Judge Reinhold has locked himself in the bank vault. Clever. Away from the gremlins, but also, in that time, he's gone mad. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's gone movie crazy, and he's yeah. in there, and they're like, oh, where's the keys? I'll let you out. He's like, don't let me out, they'll get me. I'm too crazy now. And he's a- he's acting all wide-eyed and like, you've come to take my job away. <laughs> so he's absolutely, <laughs> in no time at all, he has lost his mind. <laughs> Wow. It's really weird. Yeah. I guess that, I mean, like him and uh, Mrs. Scrooge and everything, they are all boxes ticked in a kind yeah. of like screenplay, you know, we've got to have this thing and this thing. And then it's like, no, you don't. Just yeah. get to the fucking gremlins. <laughs> the gremlins are the antagonists. You don't need yeah. 12 more. <laughs> you don't need four others. Yeah. So then Billy goes home, right? He finishes work, he goes home. And when he opens the front door, yeah. a sword falls off the wall. Mm. And we can call this... Chekhov's sword. Yes. Cut two. Billy's mum is making dinner. This is one of several scenes where we get to see Dad Peltzer's shit inventions, <laughs> which have no bearing on the plot whatsoever. All yeah. right. Seriously, like even in that famous kitchen gremlin murder scene, yeah. Mum Peltzer uses exactly none of the Dad's inventions to kill gremlins. There is no reason for his inventions. They're just window dressing. What They're about just there the to dad, kind of cheer dad things Peltzer's up. microwave and Dad Peltzer's mixing bowl. <laughs> the blender. Yeah. Blender. Yeah. Well, they work i suspect the fact that they work proves that they are mm. not his inventions okay and also all his inventions are slightly weird in some way right yes no there's no reason for them whatsoever but we do get to see one because billy helps to make dinner by using dad Peltz's <laughs> egg smashing machine <laughs> all right which it's a and great when one. it smashes an egg <laughs> it's it amazing because when yes. it, smashes it, it goes for cork, <laughs> for cork. <laughs> it goes for cork yeah it's amazing every egg it destroys <laughs> yeah. i mean they are uh, the thing is i, I love is i love the fact that he's a, he's a shit inventor it's brilliant it's <laughs> hilarious but most films, I think, would have cut that out because some, or they would have made it intrinsic in some way. They would have if, made it somehow yeah. relevant to the plot. And there's there's a lot of opportunities to. I think uh, that's true, and uh, you, you and you would, but maybe that's the reason that the joy has gone out of films now is that everything has to mean something and have a reason rather than just have a crazy inventor for no good reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Man, I yeah, I mean, and this film is set in Hill Valley. 
<laughs> which yeah. is a film about a crazy inventor. But that film is about one of his crazy inventions. Right? That That's what I'm thinking. Because, I mean, also, he makes a lot of inventions that are basically murder devices. I mean, <laughs> his bathroom buddy has, like, a razor that comes out of it. Later on, he plays with a kind of hammer, an automatic hammer. Oh, and yeah, yeah. no one uses that to kill a gremlin. That's true. And at no point, at no point at the start of the movie does he, an inventor, create a gremlin. <laughs> And then, yeah. even though it's he's fault. the one who gets it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, there are so many ways that that could have been what the film is about, but it's not. It's pointless, and he's pointless, and his whole job is pointless, and there's no reason <laughs> for him to exist in this film. <laughs> yeah, he just got to do that voiceover, hasn't he? <laughs> no, useless voiceover. Here he is. Hello, I'm the I'm a <laughs> of minor character in this film. <laughs> Yeah, and I've got an amazing story to tell you that I'm not in. <laughs> not in, and I wasn't there, and I don't know how I know it, really. I wasn't there at the yeah. time. I'm just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> and the mum character, mum, mum Peltzer, says, Oh, Dad's machines, they work so well the first couple of weeks, <laughs> which is also something we're told, but we never get to witness. Mm. Um, but anyway, then, the dad, then Dad Peltzer gets home. And also knocks the sword off the wall. Because I don't know if the door is one of his inventions as well. <laughs> right. It's not difficult to put a fucking nail in the wall, is it? Unless <laughs> unless your invention is that weird hammer he's made, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe is, he yeah. used that hammer to do yeah. it. Yeah, that's probably why. That makes sense, yeah. So there are reasons, you see. There you go. No, no, that, n- subtle, not, neither of those things foreshadowing need to that hammer. <laughs> No, um, the sword is. The, the hammer comes much later. We haven't seen the hammer yet. I referred to it, but that comes much later. Okay. That's subtle aft shadowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, he says um, he says to his son, I, I got you a present, and he gives him a box, and Billy immediately shakes the box, Gizmo <laughs> dies, the end. <laughs> right? He's like, what's in it? Yeah. <laughs> like, when someone gives you a present that's in a box... Don't shake it. I mean, okay, it's unlikely to be an animal, but it might be like a china teapot or something. Yeah. Like, shake the box. Yeah, but give him, a, give him a break. He's a 13-year-old boy, isn't he, Billy? He's not a 26-year-old yeah, I mean, bank teller. In when he gets ways, a present, yes. he shakes it. In most important ways. In, all, in fact, in all ways, except having a job. <laughs> he is a child, yes. No, no, um, Gizmo doesn't actually die. Dad gives him a box and says, here you go, Billy. I got you a monster for Christmas. (laughs) Give it some chicken. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Dad. I always wanted a monster. Will it reproduce at an alarming rate and try to murder everyone in the whole town? (laughs) You bet it will, sport. Oh, neat. (laughs) That's basically what this scene is, right? Yeah, sure. No, but I'll tell you what does happen, for real. Yeah. He gets the Mogwai out of a box. He's got the famous, like, putting its hands up moment, and it comes out of the box, and he takes it out of the box, and the dog licks him. Yes. And he immediately (laughs) gives birth. (laughs) Yeah. Or not, because apparently dog spit is not getting wet. There's famously dry tongues dogs have, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the kid says, rule number two, don't get it wet, except with dog spit. That's fine. And also, later on, we'll find out snow... Snow is also fine. That's fine. So don't get it wet except with dog spit and water. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Apart from those two things, which are okay. Hmm. Pipettes, they're bad for gremlins. <laughs> right. Pipettes and swimming pools, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and water that you use to clean your paintbrushes. That's bad too. Mm. All right. So Billy takes his new pet upstairs and Gizmo which he calls him Gizmo, um, starts singing the theme from Mork and Mindy. It took me ages to work this out. I was When I was watching it, I was like, what is that? I know it's a theme tune from the 80s, but I can't remember which one, right? I got Shazam out and I was humming it. It didn't, surprisingly, didn't tell me it was the theme from Mork yeah. and Mindy. But at one point I went, hang on, Mork and Mindy. And I went I went on YouTube and I was like, theme from Mork and Mindy. And it is absolutely the same music with a couple extra notes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's different. That's, that means it's not it. <laughs> it is absolutely it. Try watching either of those things and not thinking of the other from this point on in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. It's okay. the same. And then 
Billy decides to repeatedly shine bright lights at him <laughs> like three or four times, which I feel doesn't bode well for the other rules. <laughs> Part three, rising tension. Ooh. So next scene is, is it's the next morning. Right. And we get to see Dad Peltzer's pointless inventions again while <laughs> Billy makes breakfast. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Because everyone says, everyone's always telling us that they're rubbish and don't work, right? Mm -hmm. But when Billy puts one orange... In the juicer that his dad makes, yeah. the juicer spits out about two or three <laughs> litres of juice at him, which is both impressive and impossible. Yeah. So maybe give the guy a break because he's made a juicer that can multiply juice. Mm. I mean, have you ever juiced an actual orange in a juicer? You get a dribble out of one. It's not much, right? I've actually got uh, the Peltzer juicer downstairs. So <laughs> like, um, good. That's, how I, that's how I live now. I just put one orange in three years ago and I'm selling cartons of the stuff out. <laughs> Outside my house. It's great. <laughs> it's messy, but it's worth it. Yeah, because he can't have he can't they can't have eggs for breakfast because we did eggs in the previous scene, right? <laughs> they can't have eggs for breakfast because they're all broken with their shells yeah. all floating around. Oh it's pretty the the uh, the orange squeezer doesn't doesn't do a chicken sound effect as well, really, isn't it? <laughs> all his bathroom buddy at the beginning immediately yeah. it's just like do you want to see my bathroom buddy that's a toothbrush that's a razor yeah do you want some toothpaste yeah anyway so then a tree comes to visit <laughs> yeah that's right yeah yeah oh no hang on it's Corey Feldman who mm. has a job delivering Christmas trees while dressed as a tree right <laughs> anyway so then Billy, and let's, although I've been joking about him being a child, let's not forget that Billy is a man with a job in a bank, takes 12-year-old Corey Feldman <laughs> up to his bedroom, and Billy immediately takes his shirt off. <laughs> uh, everything is fine. Everything is fine here, everybody. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then, then Billy shows Corey his mogwai. <laughs> really Everything's hairy. fine here, everybody. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Do you want to see my hairy mugwai? <laughs> yes, please, Billy. Now, I've been calling Billy 26 because that's what it says he is in the first draft of the ah, script. Right? Okay. But I did, I did out of interest, I checked the ages of the actors um, when they made this movie. And Corey Feldman does appear to have been about 12. Mm -hmm. And um, Zach, whatever his name is. Zach Efron. Gaffigan. Gallagher. Gaffigan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, was, I think, 20 or 21. Right. When they made this. So that is a pretty significant age difference for them to be buds, to be budding around. Anyway, so um, Corey Feldman immediately spills water on Gizmo. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he's there for. I've brought you a tree and I'm going to make Mogwai. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. here for. Take me upstairs, please. <laughs> um, Gizmo freaks out and shoots a load of triples out of his back. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they unfurl into more Mogwai but evil, right? Yeah. Already evil, yeah. Yeah, the, that's the weird thing about Like I was saying, like we were saying earlier, that mm. it, it's a good idea to have cute, harmless yeah. mogwai that, that then you make a mistake and suddenly they're evil gremlins. But that's not what this film does. This film has one cute, harmless mogwai that then spawns some evil children. Yes. <laughs> that are, are fluffy at first and then reptilian and, afterwards. And he but knows as well. evil. <laughs> Yeah, and he yeah, knows, doesn't he? Yeah. Mogwai, uh, Gizmo Absolutely. knows that they're evil immediately. He's like, oh shit, they're evil, I can tell. Probably because all Mogwai are evil and he's the exception. Mm. <laughs> right? So it's not about cute fluffy things becoming evil, it's about evil fluffy things getting superpowers. Yes. Um, but he, he's just he's just a kind of like vegetarian version. <laughs> yeah, he turns down the food after midnight. He doesn't want to get superpowers because he's well, like, he knows well, he knows it's always after midnight. So he's like, I never eat because <laughs> I don't drink water because that makes me have babies. So, so I'm not going to eat chicken yeah. either because that makes me thirsty. <laughs> go gremlin. Yeah, that yeah. makes me gremlin eyes. Gremlin eyes. So basically, Corey Feldman accidentally makes a load of mogwai. Um, says he wants one, but then within about eight seconds gets bored of them and reads a comic <laughs> instead. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like him anymore. <laughs> yeah, this new species that that can asexually reproduce despite being a mammal, yeah. right, out of its... Like, and immediately have what appear to be adult babies yeah. <laughs> that can speak. Yeah. Right? He's like, boring! <laughs> Give me some Superman comics. <laughs> 
You know what? That's what kids are like, though, isn't it? You know, they, they soon get <laughs> no, bored of they soon get bored of things. Oh yeah, yeah, but boring things, but not 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 Mogwai. Mm. What a kid would be doing would be like, I want to do that again. Yeah, I want to make more. It would be like you wouldn't be able to stop. What them happens from, if I'm we just... give it some chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! You said you're not supposed to feed it after midnight, but we weren't supposed to put water on it. And look what happened. Let's what find out. Amazing. Let's find out what happens when Don't you feed it. Is it after, after midnight? midnight? Yeah, it is. Of course it is. Okay, let's give it some chicken. <laughs> always has been. <laughs> oh, I turned into a chicken. <laughs> Quick, get the chicken breaking machine. <laughs> uh, so here's a question, right? Is it about those? Is it about that woman and her kids that are going to get thrown out on Christmas Eve because they haven't paid their rent? <laughs> <laughs> no, I forgot about that. Just a little moment. To, yeah. Well, you know, you know what to ask Santa Claus for, then, don't you? <laughs> a new house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so no. Here's my question, right? Yes. Considering that all those those new Mogwai who are who turn later turn into evil gremlins are actually evil Mogwai as well, right? So if Gizmo, a nice Mogwai, turned into ah, a gremlin, would he be a nice gremlin? Uh, the, fa- the famous question, philosophical question, of course. If a if a, if a nice if a nice Mogwai <laughs> eats chicken in the woods. Does it become an evil gremlin? <laughs> Cut to Dad's workshop. He shows Billy <laughs> his bathroom brick because he's added <laughs> knives to it. Yeah. <laughs> so now, if, you know, while you're on the bus brushing your teeth, you remember <laughs> yeah. that you haven't murdered yeah. someone yet this morning, you can do it with your bathroom yeah, brick. That's good. But um, Billy's like, no, I've got, I've got something more important to talk to you about. More important than bathroom bricks and murder. L- look at my new Mogwai. And he t- takes him to show all the new Mogwai. And Dad says, we can make a lot of money out of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. his thought. Yeah. Cut to everyone's asleep. Billy wakes up and senses something's wrong. <laughs> he can just feel it in his bones. And it's appropriate that it's in his bones because the Mogwai have taken his dog outside <laughs> and strung him up in Christmas lights. What? When they're still just Mugwai. Yeah, yeah, that's not a gremlin thing. How did they do that? Their little stumpy legs. How the fuck did they do that? (laughs) Billy saves the dog, and in the kitchen we see the dad playing with his automatic hammer device Hmm. at this point. The ideal thing to murder a few gremlins, you might be thinking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But we never see this device again. (laughs) It's just there. All right, cut to the next day. Billy... Mm. Takes one of the Mogwai to a middle school teacher. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And no one knows why. <laughs> and he acts like he like he's got a good relationship with this guy that he was probably at school, <laughs> like he was his teacher eight years ago. Yes. <laughs> or if he is 26, like 13 years ago. <laughs> right? But he's still on very good terms with this guy and he just turns up at the school regularly. I think this guy's the guy that supplied him with Corey Feldman, to be honest. <laughs> He's the he's the he's the pimp. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something about the first draft here because the first draft this does make sense. Firstly, the character Pete, who is Corey Feldman, mm-hmm. is 16 in the first draft. He's 16, not 12. All mm-hmm. right. And secondly, it's kind of his idea to take it to the science teacher because it's, it's a small and town. It's There's Billy's no one. brother, of course. That makes no, perfect it's still, sense. It's still that he's weird got a that younger brother. Oh, they're friends. Okay. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, they are still friends. That bit's still weird. But the science mm. teacher bit makes more sense because essentially they're like, we need someone, an expert, but we live in a small town. There's no scientists here. The, mm. the closest we've got is a science teacher. And Pete is at school, so he takes Billy and introduces him to the science teacher. Mm-hmm, He's like, mm-hmm. this is this is my friend Billy. Billy, this is my science teacher. And then after that, it goes back to the stupid the, the same way it is here, which is stupid. Yeah. But at least the reason he goes there exists. Sure. Uh, anyway, so he sh- Billy shows the science teacher how they reproduce by doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> As you said, pip- he pipettes, he pipettes <laughs> the, the mogwai and makes some more. And he's like, uh, by the way, this is rule number two I'm breaking at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was told not to do this. But also, I'm not going to tell you about rule number three. I'm just going to leave this with you, and I won't mention rule number three because that will ruin what's going to happen later. So, I mean, there's no point in me telling you because I don't know what happens. I mean, that's, I've not experienced it yet, but I can tell you if we don't turn those lights off, it is going to die. <laughs> so that, anyway, yeah. So that, he tells the teacher two of the three rules, but not the third one. <laughs> and the science teacher says, "Leave it with me. I'll run some tests on it." <laughs> what does he mean? 
He's a middle school science teacher. Imagine if we'd gone to one of our Castle Rock science teacher <laughs> teachers, right, with yeah. a creature that no one had ever seen before and said, here, look, it reproduces asexually instantly and has adult children out of its back. Right? And our teacher had gone, yeah, I'll run some tests. What would he have met? <laughs> what? You, you've got Bunsen burners and test tubes and nothing else. What are you going to do? I guess it depends which teacher, because one of our teachers was like very religious, so maybe he would have like you know done some religious <laughs> tests. It. On it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're they're school teachers, so when school teachers talk about tests, they mean multiple choice. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. End of term tests, finals. You know, mm. so he's probably going to set a, a written test for this for this mogwai to see how clever it is and discover that it can that it can read English. Yeah. <laughs> That's just innate. <laughs> yeah, that it's smarter than any of the kids at the school because like it's it's, ca- it's carrying the race knowledge of every single mogwai that existed ever yeah. before it. All right, so I've got a, 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 I've already mentioned this to you, but I think we really need to discuss this. All right, there's a very important question that this movie raises that I don't feel anyone has really properly answered, which is how old is Billy? Mm-hmm. All right, because. <laughs> I've told you the script, this first draft of the script says 26. Information from the film, he has a 12-year-old best friend. Uh, He knows his middle school science teacher well and can just walk into the school anytime he wants. He has a pet dog that he seems that he can't leave behind like a child does. And a dad who really cares about getting him the right present for Christmas so he doesn't have a tantrum. Yes. He loves comic books, uh, but he can drive. He can go to a bar alone. He works in a bank. He is played by a 20-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. His 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 dad's 80. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which of these two things I should be looking at. It's yeah. like half of the information about him tells us that he's 12 and the other half tells us that he's an adult man. And I've got a theory about this, if you Ooh, want to hear it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know how Hollywood movies and, and American TV as well does it a lot? When they need teenagers, they cast people in their mid-twenties to play them a lot, right? Yeah, they used to. They're not so much now. Uh, it still seems like a thing. I know they do. They, it's not ubiquitous anymore, but it's still mm-hmm. a thing that happens, right? Yeah, but the days of, the, the days of Beverly Hills 90210 are kind of like long past. Like <laughs> Luke Perry was like 50 playing a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say it was even worse before that, right? Because in the 80s, it was terrible. It was just all mm. these adults playing. And they're like, you just... You start to feel like that's what yeah. teenagers in America ne- ne- look ne- like. Never more weirder than in the movie Superman, of course. <laughs> Where they get a man as old <laughs> as Christopher Reeves to play his younger his younger self. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. It's like instead of believe instead of watching this movie and thinking that this character has changed ages, I think he's changed faces. Because <laughs> yeah. he appears to be exactly the same age, but mm. looks very different. Yeah, no, so so it was quite normal at the time to cast people much older than the characters they were playing when they were when they were playing children or teenagers. Yep. I think basically Hollywood got confused. <laughs> yeah. Because as I said, there's a lot of stuff in the script that shows he's like he's not a child, but there's also a lot of stuff that says he is. <laughs> yeah. And I think the yeah, yeah, writer yeah. of this had just been watching a lot of TV <laughs> and movies and just kind of forgot the difference between children and adults <laughs> because, <laughs> because it was really confusing watching mm. TV and movies at the time. And they were like, well, children are 50 years old, right? <laughs> so why wouldn't a 12-year-old have a job in a bank and drive? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, you're right. So I think I think this is like maybe the culmination of that habit and and how it affected some people. But unless they, unless they put a load of those scenes in afterwards, they're like they cast they cast a, this man and he's supposed to be a twelve year old and he's got his scenes with his best friend and everything. And then they were watching it back, going like, "Hold oh, on a second, these are both twelve. Really... <laughs> looks really old. Quick, we give should... him a job in a bank. <laughs> give him a job in a bank yeah. that's not important and won't you know pay any uh, yeah. further part in this movie. <laughs> Meaningless. Yeah, I I really thought that it must be something in the redrafting. You know, at some point he was a child mm. and they changed it, but they didn't change everything. But I read the first draft today and it is exactly mm. the same. That is sure. one thing that is not different. He still has a young friend and he's still... It it's he still has the same relationship with his dad. Well, the weird that's the the weirdest thing is that it says it in the script he's twenty six because that just yeah it's just crazy because if like you're going yeah. like it's Zach Galifianakis or whatever he's called as a twenty yeah. one year old playing like just just out of college like eighteen nineteen mm. 
and this is his brother who's twelve, then it's all it's all fine. Yeah. And he still he still Why remembers his science his teacher. <laughs> yeah. But no. He knows his science teacher because his brother's still at school. And so yeah. he's like, Yeah, he used to teach me years ago, but I still mm. know him because my brother is still mm-hmm. at school now. You're right. If it was his brother, there's no problem. There's like ten problems are immediately solved with that. You should have script doctored this uh, this movie. <laughs> if only you hadn't been three years old at the time. <laughs> Cut two. Billy goes to a bar to pick up Phoebe Kate for unclear reasons. Because <laughs> he hasn't asked her out yet. He's going to do that at the end of this scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the racist is there drunk. Okay. And the racist, being a racist, starts talking about racism and mm-hmm. saying that foreigners like to put gremlins in things. Mm. <laughs> that's, his, that's his theory. <laughs> oh, you know, foreigners, they put gremlins in things. <laughs> yeah. like, All right, fair enough. Yeah. Whereas we Americans, we like to put things in gremlins, and I'm going to do that <laughs> later on. Ooh, lovely, lovely, lovely gremlins. Yeah, knives if you're Billy's mum. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway. Okay, you know, Billy's mum also puts gremlins in things. She puts one in that mixer and one in a microwave. <laughs> she does both. Yeah. There you go. There's a lesson for that racist. Everybody puts gremlins into things, my friend. Yeah. And that racist could do with a lesson because he doesn't get one otherwise. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because this film really, like, as I said at the beginning, it seems like it's presenting him as, as wrong because he's a racist and being mm. racist is bad. But the thing he keeps saying is that gremlins exist. Right? <laughs> yes. While being racist and... He is correct about that. So yeah. what this film actually seems to be telling us, like the subliminal message is, you know, your annoying neighbour who's always complaining about immigrants and how they destroy the country in various stupid and obviously made-up ways? Well, turns out he's right, canon! <laughs> right? That's what the film's message is. Thanks, gremlins. Thanks, gremlins, for proving <laughs> racists right because they know no monsters exist. Yes. It's really weird because he is such a... A, a, a familiar archetype of look mm. at this ridiculous racist character, but then he turns out to be right, and it's so <laughs> troubling. <laughs> Cut two. Billy and Phoebe Kate going for a walk through the least convincing snow ever. Brilliant. It looks like there's just been an explosion in a soap factory. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so while they're walking through the, through, through the fake snow, Phoebe Kate tells Billy how sympathetic she feels about the racist. She's <laughs> like, oh, you know, he's not so bad. Maybe he's correct. And then she says, she tells him that some people like to commit suicide at Christmas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, her actual line is something like, some people open presents and others open their wrists. Mm. And it's horrifying. And it's it's kind of in the middle of a speech. There's like a line either side of it of hers. So you can miss it. I think, thank goodness, because when you're a kid, you're not sitting there going, what? Yeah. Uh, Mum? What, what does she mean by some people like to open their wrists on Christmas? Well, little Rufus. Mm. <laughs> That's my mum's voice. Well, little Rufus, I'll tell you. Well, it's where I keep my presents. My wrist. <laughs> Do you want to open my wrist? Yes. Because if you watch, uh, if you watch uh, a TV version, that might not be in there because they did used to quite edit the television version, so maybe they got rid of that line. Because I don't remember that line. It's really easy to miss. I, I was paying... like When I watched Gremlins this time, I was paying really close attention to do this mm-hmm. and in the same way that when I watched Snowpiercer I was like which like the third time Soapflake Piercer I think you'll find it's cool <laughs> sorry when I watched Soap Piercer mm. I noticed things that I hadn't really paid attention to but it's just it's those things where they just like throw it in in a, in a small line in the yeah. middle of a longer speech and you're not really paying attention to everything that characters say it's really, you kind of pay attention to their kind of attitude you know she's unhappy and she's talking yeah. about how she hates Christmas <laughs> so you just kind of let it like the details you let it slide. He clearly does. He's not like, you're all right, Phoebe Gates. Do you need <laughs> yeah. to talk? Do you want to talk about this? No, in a few minutes, he's like, do you want to go out on a date? Yeah, this is a cry for help from Phoebe Gates. She's saying, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm going to kill myself this Christmas. And he's like, do you want to go on a date? Do you want to go on a date before you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little last meal. Oh, oh, God. No, no. No, I'll tell you what Billy says. Yeah, I'll tell you what Billy says. After she says that she hates Christmas, mm. he says, are you a Hindu? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's his line. Are you yeah. a Hindu or something? Yeah. And and Phoebe Kate, she says, say you hate Thanksgiving or Washington's birthday mm, and it. nobody cares. Mm. But say you hate Christmas and everybody makes you feel like you're a wet nurse. <laughs> right. Now... Phoebe Kate does mumble a lot of her lines, and I listened to that line like maybe ten times. Ten times, and 
is she, I, like she's I'm pretty sure she's not seems a bit nose, low I think you could I have listened to it a few more <laughs> If she's not saying wet nurse, I have no idea what she is saying. Everybody makes you feel like you're a wet nurse. No, she, that's what she means. She means that like people keep like, getting their babies maybe. out and like attaching them to her. <laughs> De- deal with this, would you? Could you? Uh, could you? Could you provide milk for my baby? No, I was just saying I hate Christmas. These two things are not related, for goodness' sake. <laughs> Cut to at home with Billy. So all those new Mogwai that came out of Gizmo's back, he's put them in a box and they're all doing jumping. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like in the box jumping. It's a great scene. That's how you can tell that they're good. <laughs> yeah, and you can tell that they're hungry as well mm. because Billy looks at them and goes, oh, I see you're all in a box jumping. Yeah. I guess that means you want food. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> basically his interpretation. <laughs> like In his house, I guess, like well, the way he was raised, yeah. he doesn't go down to his mum and say, mum, I'm hungry. He goes, jump, mum. He gets, go, a, he, go, he gets go. in a box and jumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah it's he's very got his important. own. He's got a man box. Mm. <laughs> they had to keep going bigger and bigger boxes over the years. Now it's massive. What's the dad called again? Uh, dad Peltzer. Dad Peltzer. Dad Peltzer. <laughs> Billy jumping in his box again. Give him some chicken legs. Here, check time though. Make sure it's not after midnight. It's always after midnight. Shush. Don't worry, there's a massive tub of chicken legs in the fridge yeah. at all times for some reason. Yeah. Because what happens next is Billy goes, all right, you want food, I'll just check if it's midnight, as you did in your little improv bit there, mm. right? But this is for grem- this is for gremlins or mogwai oh, right. or whatever. Oh, it applies to gremlins as well. I mean, I know the human rule of not eating after midnight. Yeah, or you turn into a monster. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true for mogwai too. So he looks at the clock and he goes, no, it's not midnight. It's pretty close, like 20 to midnight. I wouldn't be doing it at that time. I'd be going, it's a, nah, it's too close. You guys, stop your jumping and wait, <laughs> and wait for an arbitrary time tomorrow yeah. that, mi- that is somehow not after midnight, yeah, yeah. okay? Uh, yeah, so he goes down to the fridge. And in the fridge, there's a big tub with about 30 chicken legs in it and no cover. Yeah, and no rest of chicken. It's like, it does make you think, doesn't it? <laughs> that, like, they are growing chickens with more legs than they are heads. Where are all the chicken heads? <laughs> Yeah, that was certainly my thought when yeah. I saw that, when I saw him over the fridge. I was like, I bet this family in their garden is growing loads of chickens with no heads and 80 legs. Yeah, it's weird. But, you know, you see, so he opens, the, he opens, the, he opens the, the fridge door. There's like all these chicken legs in there. But, like, you know, he leaves the door open. All the chicken legs escape. Ow. <laughs> it's Christmas, after all. Yeah. No, only 10 of them escape. Okay. Because the filmmakers were like, I don't think we can think of enough um, fates for more than ten chicken yeah, legs. Yeah. Uh, all right, the first two run in, ran <laughs> in, ran two. into a mogwai's mouth. <laughs> Never came back out again. Yeah, no, these are these are um, what was not decapitated because that's head delegitated. These are delegitated mm, chicken legs. That's correct. So they can't run. Interesting. So yeah, so this is a, this is a, f- a family of three people, and they keep thirty chicken legs in their fridge <laughs> to, for emergencies. To, for some reason that they don't don't know how to look after, they've got salmonella. I think it's just a case that a load of thals come round and demand a chicken party. Probably, it's, uh, probably what it is. Well, this. To be fair, this family is very ready for an impromptu mm-hmm. chicken party if, uh, for example, one day they look out of the window and notice that the Daleks drill has stopped. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. If that happens, they are ready. Chicken party is on. Mm. But actually, that's kind of what's happening here because, of course... Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I haven't seen, the haven't seen it for a long time. I don't remember that bit. <laughs> Billy looks out the window yeah, Billy... and the Daleks aren't drilling anymore. So he says, no, 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 to the, the Gremlins, the, you can the, have a chicken boy. did that. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Mogwai, that's why they were jumping up and down in their box, because they, they weren't being drilled by Daleks anymore. Ah. And they were like, wee, wee, no Daleks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Billy, let's have a chicken party. And he's like, all right, and I'll go and get the chicken legs out of the fridge, <laughs> which we keep there I suppose for it, this I suppose exact... it's not midnight, yeah, I'll give you some chicken legs. <laughs> you know, yeah. not cut, you not cut the cord on my alarm clock, have you? <laughs> No, no, we haven't. Jumping. Oh, well, I suppose if you, since you're jumping, you must be telling the truth. <laughs> so he goes down, gets the chicken legs, brings them up, throws them at the gremlins without ever checking if they're the type of creatures who can eat meat. You're wrong, of course, because in one of those deleted scenes, uh, right, rightfully deleted, I would say, he checks to see if um, Gizmo is the type of creature that eats meat. A little uh, gremlin-cest joke there for you. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were being serious. I was like, I, I don't remember. Because <laughs> no. I, watched... I watched the deleted no, scene. No, because that's not... Cause that's not. I don't remember that one. No, that's not one of the rules either. Don't stick your penis in a gremlin. It's not one of the rules. <laughs> no, but I, I, I was taking you literally that he actually gave... Grem, uh, like, What's his fucking name? Gizmo. <laughs> Gizmo. That he actually gave <laughs> Gremlin Mogwai Gizmo, whatever his name is, <laughs> Steve, Steve the Gremlin, right? <laughs> that, he, that he actually gave him some meat, some actual meat to see if, to, like, do you like meat like you yeah. might with a with a new animal? You'd be like, do you eat this or do you want vegetables or nuts? <laughs> yeah. or what, what do you eat? And it's all like mostly ice cream. Yeah, nuts. <laughs> mostly yeah. ice cream. So I wasn't getting your ah, penis joke. Yeah, that no. would have, I'm sure it would have been very funny if I had only understood it. It, it, it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't. And I didn't even want to say it. But I felt like I, I, felt like I had to. I felt it was my place. No, you didn't. All right. Because so he tried um, pissing on it as well. <laughs> Pardon? Because he tried pissing on it. He took it upstairs <laughs> and he pissed on it and like loads more gremlins turned up. <laughs> and then he was like, eat my meat. And then they did. It was, <laughs> and then it turned into a gremlin. Yeah. It's like I'm doing everything wrong. <laughs> oh my goodness! Mm. I better put the light on and see what I've done wrong. Oh no! Mm. All three rules. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's lucky that Sally Edmead <laughs> wasn't a mogwai, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Because right. I'm going to say office lighting tends to be very bright, mm. and there's all those windows on the top floor, mm. right? She, he gets her wet very quickly. Does do in more ways than one. Yes, right. But she's okay because she, you know, she doesn't feed her after midnight because she doesn't know where food goes, does she? As we've learned from her lollipop. All right, I'm going to change my thoughts. You're right. It's lucky that Henry Rollins wasn't a mogwai yeah. because um, she pisses on him. Yeah. <laughs> and gives him a lolly. Yeah. <laughs> so he would have been a multiplied gremlin in no time. <laughs> a multiplied gremlin. <laughs> That's the result, right? Yeah. Anyway, so Billy gives them chicken. They really like chicken. They, like, nosh away at it quite enthusiastically. And Billy offers one to Gizmo, and Gizmo's like, no, thanks. They all really want to turn into monsters, <laughs> but I like being a cute little sellable toy for children. Yeah. I mean, he could have said, I mean, he could have said to Billy, Billy, if don't feed a fucking chicken, they're going to turn to gremlins. But it wouldn't matter because Billy wouldn't have understood a word of it because he's an idiot. Yeah, he'd have been like, oh, if only there was a Chinese man here yeah. who could understand this strange Mogwai language. <laughs> Cut to school. Ooh. Now, the, the clock on the wall says it's 2.20 a.m., but the teacher is still there, just kind of hanging out. <laughs> anyway, so he decides that it's late. It's 2.20 in the morning. It's a ridiculous time for a teacher to be at school. And yeah. he goes home. But he leaves the Mogwai in a cage, in a very small cage, <laughs> just within reach of a lot of food. Mm. <laughs> right? like, I'm just going to leave my food here. Don't mm. worry. I mean, it's not like Billy said not to feed you or anything. Yeah. Here, have this bucket of water as well. <laughs> and here's a torch. Yeah. Bye. Milk. Then we cut back to Billy, yeah. Billy's bedroom, where he's hanging out with his uh, mogwai yeah. in his bedroom, right, in his box. And we notice that Billy's clock still says 11.40. Oh, my God. But we just came from the school where it was 2.20, and that seems far too close to be in such a distinct time zone. No, clearly it's uh, it's Hill Valley, isn't it? So Doc, <laughs> Doc's doing something. Doc's created a time machine around mm. the school. Hmm. Now, I think what's happened is that Billy hasn't noticed that his clock hasn't moved in three hours. Wow. Right? He's just been hanging out. He's like, oh, wow, it's still 11.40. <laughs> That's nice. I won't go to bed yet then. Oh, an hour later. Oh, it's still 11.40. I'll read some more comic books like a normal 26-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then they all go to bed. They've had their chicken party and they all go to bed and everything is absolutely fine. Chris Columbus dreamt of being a writer So we sat and went way past midnight -er. If it is mugwai chicken, now it bites you wubba dub a dub dub Was writer in the world Was writer in the world was brighter in the world. Was brighter in the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. Now, you may notice we haven't actually finished discussing the plot of Gremlins because <laughs> it's taking twice as long as the movie itself because there's mm -hmm. a lot to talk about. So next week, 
will be part two and final of this Gremlins extravaganza. Wow. After which, and here's a little bit of a uh, something to look forward to for you, Howard. Oh, after yeah. which, I've got a writing challenge for you, Ooh. which I'll tell you all about at the end of next week's episode, because remember, you're only allowed a week to do it. So okay. I'm not telling you now, <laughs> right? If you would like more stuff by us, then you can join our secret gang on Patreon for as little as $2 a month. Bargain. And at the moment, we are recording the book that we've just finished writing called The Complete History and Fistory of Underspace uh, on live stream so people can watch us record the audiobook and potential future podcasts. That's pretty exciting, and isn't that's it? Twice weekly, you could be tuning into that. Yes, yeah. For as, for as little as $2. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's available to the whole gang. You're right. You look a bit nervous, but that is true. No, because I was just thinking about everyone. Patreon's um, um, exchange rate. $2 or £2.76. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I think they're confused about which um, which is stronger, which the dollar around. or the pound. But I mean, <laughs> Well, check it out. Go to patreon.com forward slash man by cow and you'll be able to see in your own currency exactly how much it will cost before you decide. Mm. And uh, all you need to do is sign up for $2 or whatever the equivalent is for just one month and get loads of stuff yeah. and a good experience. And then if you decide you hate us, you can leave. Mm. But... I don't think you will because it's great there. Mm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye, milk. Bye-bye, milk, before midnight. He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer.